This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. The school department in Smithfield with a proposal where teachers would be required to out trans students to their parents. And this past weekend, there was a discussion, essentially a community forum that took place in Smithfield that assessed and with public input tried to make decisions about this proposal. Steve, thanks so much for your time. Take us through this story, and I mean, it just feels like it is a another one of these culture war garbage type situations with real world consequences for students who, in many cases, have the potential for severe risk if they're quote unquote exposed to people at home. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, I was. Uh put onto the story because parent, concerned parents in Smithfield contacted me and said, do you see what's going on here in Smithfield? And I had heard some things about the new Republican majority on the Smithfield school committee, right? They were, um, they had to like fire the teacher who had made some comments about, um, had taught a class about racism. They had done some other things. I hadn't really been able to get in there, but then they said they're looking to revise the policy on transgender gender non-conforming and transitioning students. And I said, that's weird because I remember when this went into effect in like 2016 and then was made statewide mandatory in 2018 under Ken Wagner. So I went to the meeting and that was on April 18th. So that's a while back now. And it was weird because it seemed like they were talking in a way that did not understand the issue of what it means to transition. They clearly did not see any differences between social transitioning and medical transitioning, right? Um, in the sense that if a student who's in ninth or 10th grade says, hey, I want to use they, them pronouns or she, her pronouns instead of male, he, him, or whatever they are, I need to be able to use a bathroom that's in accordance with my gender identity. But I don't necessarily need mom and dad to find out yet because I'm not really sure how to tell them. I'm working through those issues. I'm working through my thoughts on this. I'm working, you know, it's a Puberty is weird when you're straight pet guy, right? Like, what are my thoughts? What's going on in my head, right? What does consent mean? All these words, all these things go through your head when you're growing up. And it takes a while to learn that, to figure that out. And sometimes you don't, you might love your parents, you might trust your parents, but you also, there might be a thing where uh, my dad has said things in the the past, like I always proud to have a young, you know, I'm growing up to be a great little man or whatever it is, and then the next thing I know, it's like, well, dad, I'm actually a girl, could be tough, and I don't necessarily want to deal with that. So there's all sorts of reasons why a student might not want to tell their parents, but in the first early meetings, they were constantly conflating it with like giving kids hormones in schools or sneaking them out of the school to be um, for medical treatment or something. And it was really weird because that just doesn't happen, right? It, it, isn't, it isn't a thing. The kids don't that's not what teachers are doing. What teachers are doing is they're giving them emotional and social support. Other students are giving them social and emotional support to work through these issues. And so hearing, and I, and I hate to use words that are just big, but or not big, but strong, but, um, but there was a lot of ignorance up there. And there was a lot of like fear mongering. And some of that came out through public comment, but for the most part, public comment from both students and parents and social workers and medical authorities over the next over the three meetings that I attended that had that where anybody talked about this at all um 
the vast majority of people were saying, why are we even doing this? This is a policy that works. Um, there was a person, his name was uh, Henry, I'm gonna look up his last name here quick. Uh, um, Henry Serravo, right? He's a student. He actually had um, on the Smithfield School Committee, they have a uh, position for student, a student to sit on a committee in a non-voting capacity to advise them to talk to them, right? So he was that student. I think he's one of two students doing that. And um, he identifies as gay. And he spoke very eloquently at least two of the meetings about what are we talking about here? Why are we doing this? This policy has saved lives. This policy has made Smithfield over the four years that one young person was there, um, Ellery, um, they spoke and said how they have over the four years they've been to Smithfield High School, they felt safer and safer over the years. They've built something really good by using these programs, by following these ideas and doing this. And um, trans students feel protected, safe, and can do what they need to do. And yet there's a majority, a three-person majority on this city council or a school committee who are pushing to make changes to mandate the outing of trans students under any circumstance. And there's circumstance specifically outlined by um, committee chair uh, Iana Telly was that if they, the moment they declare they want to use a different bathroom, the parents are, are involved. And, or in my different bathroom, I mean a bathroom that's in line with their gender identity, then the parents are immediately involved. Um, it's a dangerous policy. It's a different, it's going to be difficult. And it's also right now under the law, completely illegal. You can't, you're not allowed to do that. It is completely violating the law. Um, if they were to do this, I can't speak for the ACLU, but they sent a very strong word, a letter suggesting that if this happens, they will be bringing a lawsuit. I expect they would, you know, bring a lawsuit where this happened. And worse, despite the fact that even at this most recent workshop meeting they had Saturday morning, which on, went on for four hours, okay, 29 people, mostly residents of Smithfield, <laughs> spoke against changing the policy. 11 people, about half of whom half of whom or more were not residents of Smithfield, spoke in favor of changing the policy. And I'm like, this is just great. Not one actual expert got up and spoke in favor of changing the policy. Um, the experts that they do know are notable for being way outside the mainstream on educational policy concerning, you know, gender nonconforming kids. It was uh, clearly ideologically driven, and it was clearly um, in line with a national right-wing attack on trans rights everywhere. So I think that sets the stage anyway, if you want to ask me some more questions. Absolutely. So I, you mentioned the, the 11 that spoke in favor of changing the policy and many mm -hmm. of them not being from Smithfield. This seems to be consistent with a lot of this this uh, area of, of, you know, the, the, the front lines, if you will, in the culture wars, were some of the folks that were there in that capacity, some of the usual suspects that uh, mm -hmm. turn up at events statewide and sort of advocate for these types of policies? Yeah, um, you know, there was a man, and I'm going to not remember his name, but uh, he was uh, one of the people who spoke um, in Westerly recently in favor of a resolution to ban books. And, uh, in uh, public schools, right? 
Um, one of the women uh, who spoke, her name is, uh, and, and people know her, uh, Jessica Sala. Um, oh, I'm sorry, nope, I'm sorry, that's wrong. Nicole Solis, right? Um, who's an outspoken parents' right advocate, parents' rights meaning that parents, honestly, the way people talk is something like, uh, sounds like, almost like owning your children rather than raising your children. Um, and she, and honestly, and I'll just say this, um, she is a South Kingston resident. She's given the South Kingston School Committee a lot of, uh, I'll say, I, I don't wanna say trouble. She's outspoken and she has a right to her opinions. And when she gets up in front of the South Kingston School Committee, for sure, she's an opinion and she has a strong opinion. Whether you like it or not, she has every right to advocate for herself. However, and she also has a right to speak, I think, in the uh, Smithfield School Committee, but she literally tells them, call the ACLU's bluff, let yourself be sued. I'm like, this isn't your tax dollars we're talking about. You're, it's like me going to your house and saying, shoot it out with the cops. Maybe he'll, you know, it's like, don't, don't turn yourself in. Just go out there and fight the police or something. I mean, I, and it's like, and that, what is that to me? Nothing, right? That's just yeah. me watching from the sidelines, watching you get beat up. And from, I think from her opinion, she's like, uh, yeah. And then, and then she goes right into some like pretty, you know, um, dark terms. She, she says something like, uh, Parents are not the enemy of their own children, but they are the enemy of the radical trans cultists who Ooh. prey upon the vulnerabilities of children to promote their political agenda. Now, this is, again, this is the kind of stuff we're seeing coming out of like the right wing uh, Republican and even more like just the right wing white supremacist this, uh, rhetoric we're hearing more and more of. Did you notice um, on the national news front, Trump's surprise that when he spoke about tax cuts he got a smattering of applause from his people in his base but when he spoke about trans rights he got cheers and whoops and screams like he's gonna roll those back and they're like and, he's, and he was he's on stage surprised oh, i talk about tax cuts nobody's but i talk about this and whoa the reaction see he's not setting policy he's like surfing on top of policy right or not surfing on top of public wave of public hate and public opinion so he doesn't care who they hate, he's just gonna like say, yep, you hate him, I hate him. Immigrants, I hate him. You know, Muslims, I hate him. Whatever it is, it, trans people now are his latest bugaboo and it's really, it's really dark. It's a really not, um, it's, it's difficult because when you meet kids who are going through this, they are, they need help, right? Not, and I'm not talking about mental health, they need help in a sense of social emotive support, right? That's what these, kids need more than anything. And I really, um, and we also know that it's being trans does not make you more susceptible to wanting to take your own life. Being abused or marginalized or um, prejudiced against, that's what makes you feel like you want to take your own life, right? So being you and being accepted and leading a life where people just accept you and love you and help you and want for the best for you that's all you need, no matter who you are. And they, and they want, but, and that, um, and it's easier for people who are straight, white, heterosexuals or whatever to get that kind of acceptance in the society. It's harder when you're in some way different and, uh, or not in the uh, majority. And when we start picking on these minorities and we're getting into places, and I've written about this elsewhere, we're getting into real 
true fascism. And I don't want to back away from that word. I mean, you know, I wrote a piece a while back about how, uh, back when I was in Uprise, I wrote a piece about how um, when the Nazis came to power, you know, there's that whole thing about first they came for the socialists, then they came for, and then when they came, right? But they didn't really first come for the socialists. They first came for the trans people. That was the first people they came for. And then if you look at the history, the very first big book burning was they went to a, an institute that studies sexuality and they took all the books out and they burned them in the street in a big bonfire, this, right? They chased and hounded trans people. Remember in the concentration camps, there were pink triangles as well as stars, star of David's on the people, right? They hunted them as well. In fact, they hunted them first, right? And so the so this is what we're seeing today. This is the this I believe is what we're seeing. We're seeing the hunting of trans people by these groups because they think this is a wedge issue that they can get some support for, and uh, they want to force people either back to the closet or to detransition or to just die. And that's and and if they don't die on their own, they'll and they get enough power, they'll start killing them themselves. So. Honestly, this is where we take the this is where we take a stand against fascism is on this issue, and even though it seems small, a small school committee commit in Smithfield, is you know it seemed probably small to people in Germany living at the time who didn't even notice that this was happening. The guy who wrote those famous words about first they came for the socialists, he was a supporter of the Nazis when it first started, right? He voted for the Nazi Party. He was like, yeah, this is great. He didn't raise an eyebrow when the trans people and the gay people were being systematically wiped out and attacked. He, that wasn't the problem for him. He came later when he, you know, after he thought about it and after they came for him and told him his sermons had to be a certain way and everything else. And all of a sudden he's like, whoa, wait a minute, where did this come from? Right? So I'm, I may have, some people will think, listen to this and think I've gone way too far right now and talk about a fascist take over the country and that's fine. But uh, I don't think I'm going too far. And I think there's, we need to take a stand right here, right now. The scenes are planted and they're clearly planted towards a worldview that is one of um, it's an extreme worldview in terms of just trying to control people for one's own, I guess, I don't even know if the right word is religious, but just sort of cultural standpoint. Yeah. But also, of course, with this comes, you mentioned Trump, significant political gain, significant power. And we see there's this sort of dual track of. Yes, there are folks who deep down truly believe that if someone's transitioning, they're violating a a worldview, a Judeo-Christian thing or whatever, whatever the, the that is. And then they overlap with those who seek, as you mentioned, to surf on those policies to rise to power. That's the dangerous coalition right now that is formulating and has already won the presidency once and could very well do so again. So these these front lines are, although, yes, it's Smithfield and it's a school committee and all this, that and the other, and you can make an argument to dismiss it. And we'll talk in just a second about where this policy is heading. These seeds being planted, they are it's not the only garden that's growing right now. These are right. these things are happening all around the country, all around the world, frankly. And, and even zooming into Rhode Island, there are examples where these parents groups or whatever they are, they're totally committed through advocating for policy, showing up at meetings. Again, they're right, completely agree that they have the right to do so. Writing, 
uh, quasi-journalism at times or opinion pieces, whatever it is, calling into talk shows, blasting people on Twitter, and attacking their enemies, political or otherwise, with as many personal demeaning attacks as they can. Mm -hmm. But this is a sophisticated effort. This isn't something that is just, you know, here's the random concerned parent, and she bumped into another parent at a soccer game, and they said, boy, we're aligned in our worldview. This is a coordinated effort against really in 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 plain terms true freedom yeah i think so too i think that's exactly right um it's uh freedom for me but not for you it's uh it's and and i'll i'll just say this um it's happening across the country right we see it um one of the people who spoke um saturday morning said i don't want smithfield the town that i love to be following this example set by florida and tennessee a place where it's unsafe to be me right, to be a student like me or to be identified the way I identify. And I think that's extremely telling. Um, we see what's happening in other states and we know what people who are vying for bigger and bigger power want in this country. And that's why it's even more important that on a state level and on a city level that we stand against some of these worst impulses. It's not easy. I mean, believe me, like you put out a piece like I put out and you know you get a lot of pushback and a lot of people not liking it. And I, I mean, I'm not a politician, so I can easily block people on Twitter who get gross or weird, but, and I do that pretty, I don't know, probably have hundreds of people I've blocked over time, but, and it doesn't bother me, but, um, because my work isn't to try to convince them, the people on the most extreme edges. My work is to wake up some of the people in the fuzzy middle and say, hey, this is happening now. You might want to pay attention, even if it's not, and, and it's hard to pay attention, right? We're poorer than we've been ever. We have less money. We were some of us are working two and three jobs. We're have we're getting hit with medical bills and all sorts of things that are happening in the world. So being involved politically is harder than it's ever been possibly. And yet, if we are not that, if we're not standing there, um, standing up to this, it's going to happen. And we're because we're just like going to wake up one day and say, "What happened here? What? How did this? What? How did this policy pass?" Um, Smithfield school committee can't pass this policy without being called out for it, right? We now have four or maybe even five meetings. I know I missed one somewhere, but uh, where people have overwhelmingly said no to this policy, overwhelmingly said this policy works. If it's not broken, why are you trying to fix it? Um, calling them out for their, like, you know, really, really bad actor, being bad actors on this. And so they're not going to get away with this easily, but they will get away with it. And you mentioned we'll get into where it's going on Wednesday night at seven o'clock. The Smithfield School Committee will be taking this. Uh, they have right, right on their agenda. It says uh, item number eight to pass this. Right. It doesn't say to discuss and pass or to like consider. It says literally to pass this the uh, changes to the transgender nonconforming the whole thing. Right. That 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 school policy. Um, so I think they're full speed ahead. I think they've always been full speed ahead. I think all, um, talk about discussions and coming up with better ideas has always been kind of a why they always knew they were heading this direction. I think, uh, Iana Kelly and vice chair, Jessica Sala, and maybe to a lesser extent committee member, Amanda Fafford, but I don't know. I think all three are pretty in lockstep. And I think the other two members of the, uh, council, um, We'll just, I think it'll go three, three, two. I mean, maybe it'll go the other way. Maybe there's a little bit of a miracle happening, but I think, and then I believe they'll be sued. 
Um, it may cost Smithfield money. It might not. I mean, honestly, they might already know that they've got like the Alliance Defending Freedom or one of these other big right wing groups ready to step up and pay for their defense. So that might be. And so if you see that happen, know that they've been talked to by these big right wing groups, these national groups who want to come in and make Rhode Island a test case on us and they want to take it on in our courts uh, because there is a conservative, strong conservative group of people in the state who would love to make this a court case. So it might cost Smithfield money. Maybe they know they can get away with it and it won't cost them any money, uh, which is too bad. But because I think um, I, th I think it's going to hurt Smithfield overall. It's going to hurt their ability to be seen as a gracious, welcoming community. It's going to hurt their ability to be seen as a uh, uh, as even decent people. And I tell you, I go to Smithfield for these things and people up there are lovely, right? Right. It's <clears throat> It's really, I mean, it's really true. They're like the vast majority of people there are, don't understand what's happening. They just want to take care of their kids and give their kids good educations. And everything I've seen at Smithfield High School has told me that this is a good school that does good things for its students. The teachers seem great. The, I mean, I'm an outsider, so I'm there. Like, you know, I've been here maybe 12 hours in total. But I'll tell you, um, from what I've seen, and I've gone to a lot of communities, it was, it's beautiful there. There's, you know, people give a shit or, Sorry. No, <laughs> you're care. good. We're, we're not, okay, we're not bound by FCC regulations. We're good. <laughs> uh, but people care. And it's, and it's, so it's great. I, I really want them to succeed here. So. Steve Alquist, he reports now for stevealquist.substack.com. Head over yeah. there and subscribe immediately. And you'll be able to follow along with Steve's excellent reporting in general. And also on this issue, one that is just like we said, seeds planted in this ongoing, seemingly expanding culture war and with real-world implications on many levels. Steve, thanks so much for your time this morning. Thank you, Bill. We are brought to you in part by the University of Rhode Island Online, who are offering a cannabis certificate program. The legalization of recreational cannabis that went into effect last year can open doors for your career. If you are already in the industry or wondering what the best path to break into the cannabis field is, well, the University of Rhode Island has a program to help you become highly competitive in numerous areas of the cannabis industry. Fully accredited by URI's College of Pharmacy, the certificate program is 100% online and can be completed in just two semesters. Learn more at uri.edu slash online slash cannabis or give them a call at 401-874-5280. We're brought to you in part by CCA Health Rhode Island. Commonwealth Care Alliance, or CCA, is a multi-state integrated care system influencing innovative models of complex care nationwide. CCA's Uncommon Care model focuses on sustainable and evidence-based healthcare breakthroughs that improve the health and well-being of people with significant needs and is consistently recognized as one of the best models in the country at identifying and serving traditionally hard-to-reach individuals. CCA is excited to bring Uncommon Care to Rhode Islanders with a range of Medicare Advantage plans. Learn more by visiting CommonwealthCareAlliance.org backslash Rhode Island.